the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I remember I had just come home from freshman year in college and I was sitting at the Thanksgiving dinner table with my father and I was going on saying, you know, it's the ability to burn the flag shows why we are a great nation and it totally should be protected free speech. And my father got very silent and he got a dark look on his face. And he said to me in probably the sternest voice he'd ever used, he said, if you knew what that flag meant to those of us who saw it coming in Buchenwald, if you knew what it meant when I think about the veterans, when I think about the people who died, that I should be liberated, you should know that America represents something great. And if you knew what I knew or could feel what I felt, you would never say those words again. Welcome to this special Bless Israel program titled Never Forget, Never Again, presented by the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. For some in our modern culture, the Holocaust seems like ancient history. But for many of the men and women the fellowship serves, it's a very real memory because they lived it. But their suffering is not over. Many elderly Holocaust survivors live in extreme poverty and isolation and need our help. By caring for them, you are remembering them. You are ensuring they are not forgotten. Today on Bless Israel, you'll hear the story of two Holocaust survivors. In 1943, Holocaust survivor Henry Oster was deported to Hitler's notorious concentration camp, Auschwitz-Birkenau. 1939, September 1st, Germany decided to start the Second World War. They started the war by invading Poland. And we were told that you need to be ready to be taken away to a place where you'll get work, clothing, decent food, some housing. It'll be all right. Just report to leave Germany. We'll put on the train, rode for about three days, were taken off, and we were faced by people who greeted us in a physical condition that's undescribable. Hollow-eyed, malnutrition, dirty, just looking through you rather than at you. And they say, welcome to Lodge. Lodge was a ghetto in Poland. We were put there in rooms, no heat, no water, no electricity. And only the proximity of body to body, changing body temperature kept you from freezing. There were no facilities like restrooms or toilets. That was not their problems. That which you had to do with the excrement actually caused the spread of disease. It didn't have to kill you. You died of, quote, natural causes. We were put to work 12 hours a day. Turn the soil, make it work, get rid of the weeds, most of which, if they were edible, you would eat. The reason you would eat anything you could find because your full and total Food provision each week, every Friday afternoon, was a single loaf of bread for the whole week, 
period. I had, of course, a good fortune working there. Why? Because I was given the chance to commit the great crime in the whole ghetto to steal food. These seeds that we had to plant were peas, beans, lentils, but mostly potatoes. I put holes into my pocket, tied my legs at my ankles and my trousers, and hoped that the body search every night would not reach that far down. Had it been detected or had I walked with the rattling of the dry seeds, I would have become what the Germans called Sunday's entertainment. Sunday's entertainment usually consisted of the execution where Jews were surrounded and forced to attend the execution by hanging. My mother and I were immediately put on train and were taken away from the ghetto of Lodz to destination unknown. The train rode for a day or so. The doors were ripped open. We were ripped out, torn out, bitten out, prodded out. We were immediately forcefully separated. My mom was taken away, torn away, as if she, like a tornado. Whoosh, she was gone. No time to say anything. And that was the last time I ever saw or heard from her. I'm now in the middle of the adults, of male adults. We had to march. We came to the end of the railroad station. An officer stood there, looked at you, and with a swagger, they pointed to the right or to the left. We entered a barrack, we were stripped, they shaved our hair. We were given a shower and were pushed out the other end and found myself in the clearance, sort of a courtyard. There were men waiting in blue and white striped uniform and saying, welcome to Auschwitz. The other half of the cone entered the next, the adjacent barrack. They were stripped, they lost their hair. They went through the shower instead of water, it provided poison gas. And on April 11, after not having had food since April 1 for 10 days, where people were dying all over the place and we were too weak to move, we hear noises again that were unfamiliar, which turned out to be tanks. The fear that we had, because we told that no camp will be allowed to remain It'll be flattened to the ground by tanks, bulldozers, flamethrowers, grenades, machine guns, anything. And the fear that we had immediately that we might have 30 seconds to live. I myself lifted myself up looking out a window with the little strength I had. And when I looked closer, I was convinced my sanity has gone down the drain because I'm looking at a white star of David on that tank. At the turret was a soldier, an officer, who was yelling in Yiddish, a language most Europeans use, understand, you are free, you are free. We are here to free you. You're listening to a special Bless Israel program titled Never Forget, Never Again, presented by the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Thousands of elderly Jews around the world Many who are Holocaust survivors, like Henry Oster, live in extreme poverty and face violent anti-Semitism. Many are bedridden and not able to travel and in desperate need of food and basic needs to survive. But you can make a difference for one needy Jew. 
With one simple phone call, you can help deliver food to a suffering elderly Jew in Ukraine, Israel, and in countries around the world where the fellowship works to care for these precious souls. With a one-time donation today of just $25, you'll help provide one survival food box to one elderly Jew. Would you partner with us here at the fellowship? All it takes is one quick and easy phone call. Here's our special phone number to call and give a blessing today. 800-509-1166 800-509-1166 That's 800-509-1166 With a gift today of just $25, you'll help provide one survival food box to a suffering elderly Jew who is alone and hoping someone will hear their cry for help. Could you be that someone for one needy Jew today? Here's that special number. 800-509-1166 800-509-1166 That's 800-509-1166 You can also donate online at blessisraeltoday.org You're listening to a special Bless Israel program titled Never Forget, Never Again Brought to you by the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews Esther Bauer survived four of Hitler's concentration camps. This is her story. Auschwitz, of course, is the worst. We knew about the gas chambers, and we come to Auschwitz, and there stands that Dr. Mengele, you may have heard of his name, Joseph Mengele, with his dogs, and said, you go right, you go left. Well, he said to me, you go right, And my good friend went to the left. And people came out and said, if you have any bread left or food left, throw it over, please, because they will take it away from you. And the lady next to me threw her bread over and was shot dead right next to me immediately when she did that. And we come to the shower They shaved off our hair, and we go into the shower, and I knew all about it, that gas may come, but water came. Then they gave us very thin clothing. It was October in Poland. It was cold, and the Nazis were crazy about counting. We would stand outside every morning for hours and hours and were counted and it rained on us, it snowed on us, it was terrible, and we had nothing for the head, we just had clothing on the body, and that was it. We went into a barrack then, and uh, there were no mattresses, no pillows, nothing, just the clothing we had on our... And at night, the people were taken out of other barracks and driven in small trucks to the gas chamber and they knew where they were going and they screamed and I hear that screaming yet today and after two weeks we were told you are going into the shower now well we thought that is the end and we are in the shower and expected gas to come but water came and uh, Again, we we got very thin clothing. I got one pair of underpants, a summer dress, a very thin coat, wooden shoes. 
no socks, no stockings, no handkerchief, nothing, 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 nothing on the head. And we were put into a train and went back to Germany to build airplanes. You had uh, an air hammer and a piece of iron, and we had to go into the steam every hour to get rivets. And there stood the SS man in charge of that camp, and he beat us with his leather belt. It was a horrible situation. And we were so terribly hungry. By the way, they built us barracks outside the city of Freiburg, and in the morning we had to march in, and we grabbed the grass to eat because we were so terribly hungry. We got one slice of bread in the morning that had to last you all day. You got one cup of ersatz coffee that was coffee made from some grain. We got a watery soup for lunch and a watery soup for dinner, and we were terribly, terribly hungry. You're listening to a special Bless Israel program titled Never Forget, Never Again, presented by the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. An alarmingly high number of elderly Jews, many who are Holocaust survivors like Esther Bauer, are living below the poverty line in Israel, Ukraine, and throughout the former Soviet Union. They struggle every day to afford basic necessities such as food, medicine, shelter, and heat in the winter months. The sacred call to feed the hungry and not to divert our eyes from suffering remains before us as we join hands to care for those in dire need. With a donation today of just $25, you'll help provide one survival food box to an elderly Jew. We can't do this important work without you. $25, that's all it takes to provide nourishing, healthy food to a poor elderly Jew. You can donate easily and quickly with your credit or debit card. Here's our special phone number to call. 800-509-1166 800-509-1166 That's 800-509-1166 Could you give a one-time blessing today of just $25 so that one elderly Jewish soul could receive a survival food box? God is asking us, you and me, to be His messengers, His angels to care for His chosen people. You can be their angel. Here's our phone number to call and make your donation. 800-509-1166 800-509-1166 That's 800-509-1166 Psalm 71.9 says, Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. Could I ask you to prayerfully consider calling us in the next 30 minutes? We're looking for 10 people who are listening to my voice right now. 10 people to call us in the next 30 minutes. Could I ask you to be one of those 10 people? If God is speaking to you, here's our special phone number. Please write it down and call in the next 30 minutes when you can. 800-509-1166 800-509-1166 That's 800-509-1166 you can also donate online at blessisraeltoday.org. You're listening to a special Bless Israel program titled Never Forget, Never Again, 
presented by the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. In the aftermath of the Holocaust, in which six million Jewish men, women, and children perished at the hands of the Nazis, the Jewish people vowed to never forget. Yael Eckstein and Alicia Weisel discuss what an alarming number of young people and even adults know very little about the Holocaust. Alicia Weisel is the only child of Holocaust survivor, author, professor, and Nobel Peace Prize recipient, Ellie Weisel. I remember when I was a child in Skokie, growing up here in America, I would always be surrounded by Holocaust survivors because my grandfather, along with at least one grandparent of every single one of my friends, was a Holocaust survivor. Our bedtime stories were about how her grandparents survived or about their family that perished or all different aspects of their experience. Every person wanted to speak about a different side or to not speak about it at all, which in and of itself is speaking very loudly. Um, When you know your grandparent went through a horror like that and never speaks about it, that alone gives you a certain message. When we're talking about there needs to be a huge transformation in how we educate the next generation on the Holocaust. For our generation, Alicia, it was the stories of our parents and grandparents. It's no longer those personal stories. So what would you say is the main message that we could give over to the next generation so that the values that have come from remembering the Holocaust are kept alive? Sure. Look, I think there's a few pieces to it. First of all, there's this question of making sure that people are still learning the basics about the Holocaust. But somehow we have a generation of high schoolers who did this, continued on to college, and have seemingly concluded in a way that is occupying the dialogue on the college campus that even though you may sympathize with the dead Jews, that now one is in a position to endlessly criticize the one state that's a Jewish state on this planet where over 6 million Jews are living, not dead, 6 million Jews are living, surrounded by what has historically been, you know, a sea of enemies trying to wipe them out. And this is a country that can do no right in, unfortunately, in the eyes of many, Holocaust-educated young people on college campuses. So these are important issues, I think, for people to think about. Standing with Israel is one of the most practical things we could do in remembering the lessons of the Holocaust. Absolutely, because it also gets me thinking about the calendar in relation to Yom HaShoah itself. Of course, there are two days in the calendar that observe the Holocaust. There's the kind of conventional, the Western observation of the Holocaust, which is January 27th each year, International Holocaust Remembrance Day, which is, I believe, the day that the Russians came into Auschwitz and Auschwitz was finally liberated, which is an important moment. It's the moment in which the Jews and the other people being oppressed were rescued. But of course, the day which Israel chooses to use to commemorate the Shoah, the Holocaust, is the 27th of the Hebrew month of Nisan in the spring, which is the day that the Warsaw Ghetto resistance began when a small band of Jews effectively drew their own red line and said, you know what? We deserve to live. And if no one else is coming to help us, we are going to take up arms. I think that that's why Israel chose that day. Say, this is our red line. We're going to exist, like it or not. That is so beautiful and so important to remember as we're talking about all these different areas of Holocaust remembrance and Israel and the Jewish people having a home and a belonging and identity. In all these areas, what is so strong to me is the work of the fellowship where we have 
for the first time in history, millions of Christians who stand by our side in those values of saying, yes, you deserve a country. Yes, we stand with the Jewish people and we share these values and the Judeo-Christian values. To go and bring just a simple food box or wood for heat or medicine to Holocaust survivors and to be able to say, this is donated by Christians who love you, who stand with you, who are praying for you, who are providing for you. I think all of these lessons and hopes. In so many ways, this is the fruition and tangible outcome of working together, of being a light into the nations and being held up by other people, Christians with values, with uh, biblical faith and standing together, each as their own, but together. I mean, it's just incredible, beautiful work that you and this community are accomplishing. I think we live in a time where if you were to look at modern media, particularly in the United States over the last four to eight years, and you listen to everybody complaining about this country and how horrible it is to live under capitalism, how horrible it is to live in a democracy, all the terrible things we're doing and how imperfect we are, all the endless self-criticism. And by the way, some of it you know, is reasonable criticism. We're always trying to improve. But if you think about that, and then you look at this quick reminder that actually know, like, there is something much worse than democracy and capitalism. And, and look at it. It's called the outright invasion by one country of another on the basis of lies to serve an autocrat. And you just put it in perspective for a moment. And the thing that I want to share with you from my father is one of the few times that I remember my father getting impatient with me as a parent. It was 1992. And there was a certain amendment that was before the Supreme Court. And I think it was in the first George Bush administration. And the amendment was that it should be illegal to burn the flag. That was the amendment. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had just come home from freshman year in college and I was sitting at the Thanksgiving dinner table with my father. And I was going on saying, you know, it's the ability to burn the flag shows why we are a great nation and it totally should be protected free speech. And my father got very silent and he got a dark look on his face. And he said to me in probably the sternest voice he'd ever used, he said, if you knew what that flag meant to those of us who saw it coming in Buchenwald, if you knew what it meant when I think about the veterans, if when I think about the people who died, that I should be liberated, you should know that America represents something great. Mm. And if you knew what I knew or could feel what I felt, you would never say those words again. You're listening to a special Bless Israel program titled Never Forget, Never Again, brought to you by the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews operates more than 400 humanitarian life-saving projects throughout Israel and around the world with a clear mission— Rooted in Scripture from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 6 to 11, where God says He wants us, you and me, to go beyond our own personal growth. God wants us to act, to show kindness, to express generosity, to help the oppressed, to comfort the afflicted, to stand for Israel and the Jewish people, to speak out against injustice, to care for and help those less fortunate than ourselves. That's what we're asking you to do as we close our program today. 
For a donation today of just $25, you can give one elderly Jew a survival food box filled with nourishing, healthy food. Just imagine the smile on the face of the Holocaust survivor that you helped today. Picture the tears in their eyes when our fellowship staff or volunteer arrives and walks to their bedside and hands them a survival food box that you made possible. And then we lovingly say to them, This is for you, with love, from Christians in America. Our friendly fellowship operators are standing by. The call is quick and easy, and we can accept your $25 tax-deductible donation with any credit card, debit card, or checking account number. Here's how you can reach us. 800-509-1166 800-509-1166 That's 800-509-1166 Maybe the Lord is speaking to you right now and you'd like to do more. Did you know that giving is the one thing God tells us in Scripture to test Him in? In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, God tells us, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Has God blessed your business this year? Has He blessed your job, your family, your health? Take the Lord at His word. He asks you and me to test the Almighty when you give generously to help others. Whether you can give a one-time gift of $25 for one survival food box to help feed one precious Jewish soul, or 10 survival food boxes for a one-time gift of $250, or a generous donation of $2,500 to provide 100 survival food boxes to help feed 100 Jews. Make today the day you return a blessing and show your gratefulness and appreciation for all that God has blessed you and your family with. Here's our special phone number one last time as we end our program. 800-509-1166 800-509-1166 That's 800-509-1166 You can also donate online at blessisraeltoday.org From all of us here at the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, thanks for listening. May God richly bless you in miraculous ways for helping His suffering chosen people of Israel. Shalom. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.